I'm Alex Marlowe, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. On today's show, we run down tons of polls from over the weekend, almost all of which indicate a red wave might be turning into a red tsunami. It's an exciting moment, and we give you all the details. We play a fair bit of audio of Joe Biden this morning, which I admit I do love to do. He was in rare form. Actually, he was in typical form on Lorene Powell Jobs' Now This News Network, which is a left-wing news video site that's dedicated towards millennials for the most part. And he really likes trans surgeries for children. He wants more of your money to pay for foreign governments to fight for environmental justice. He can't remember the big abortion decision that shaped the issue in America for the last 50 years. There is lots of highlights, or I guess lowlights is a better way of putting it, and uh, you won't want to miss these clips. I run down a lot of horrifying crime from over the weekend and illegal immigration news. These are deeply connected, and I explain all of that as well. Uh, we did cover a lot of additional ground in the live show today that doesn't make it in the podcast. I was especially fond of some of the trans extremism conversation that we had. So I do always want to plug Sirius XM, 6 a.m. Eastern for three hours. And on the SXM app every weekday is the way to get the, the full show. Our guest today is Ken Blackwell. He's a really good man who is fighting hard for election integrity. And he was the former Ohio Secretary of State and now is one of the top conservative activists in the country. And he's a very thoughtful guy and is a, a good friend of the broadcast. And he's got a big project, a big initiative to try to make sure that seniors aren't exploited this year for those who prey upon them to try to rig elections. It's fascinating stuff. And he provides a hotline where you can inform on any improprieties as well. All that in the interview. But let's start with the monologue. The biggest thing from the weekend... Uh, for sure that I could see is that the um, uh, closing arguments are starting to be made and the polls are coming in and they're very hot for red America. They're hot for conservatives. They're hot for Republicans. And so Biden is doing the only thing he can do right now that he feels like he's capable of doing, which is he's doing his best to try to get up support from his base. And I think there is concern that independents are breaking very hard for Republicans right now. So the only chance Democrats have to save face is to make sure any disaffected or uninterested or uninspired liberals show up at the polls. And so he's gone on something called Now This. Uh, and those of you who have read my book, Breaking the News, you know that now this is part of Lorene Powell Jobs's um, AstroTurf network, where she pays for both highbrow, medium and lowbrow um, left wing content and funds it so that it's it doesn't matter what your intellect or education level is, you will still have exposure to uh, uh, the, all those all those Democrat politics and those key talking points that the Silicon Valley master of the universe wants you to have. So Biden showed up on the Now This News Forum, and he had some really important stuff to say. Let's play cut one, Mr. Zach. The other piece what we're trying to do is you're probably aware I've just signed a law that's being challenged by my Republican colleagues, who are the same people who got PPP loans during the 
for up to close to, in some cases, up to five, six hundred thousand dollars. They have no problem with that. The individuals in Congress got those. But um, what we've provided for is if you went to school, if you qualify for a Pell Grant, you qualify for two thousand. I mean, excuse me, uh, you, you qualify for twenty thousand dollars in debt forgiveness. Twenty. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get ten thousand written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two, and it's in effect. And already, a total of I think it's now thirteen million people have applied for that service. Um, so, but it did not pass by a vote or two. It did not pass at all. It is stalled out completely. It is stalled out for a number of reasons. And yet Joe's announced has been passed by a vote or two. A federal appeals court has temporarily blocked the Biden student loan debt transfer. And this is a separate incident from the one that we wrote up um, on Friday. And it came up briefly on Friday's show. I know at least during the live show uh, that Amy Coney Barrett it did not side. It, 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 it had allegedly sided with Biden over a student debt lawsuit, and it was purely on technicality, as I replied pretty quickly in the show to the caller that had brought that up. Um, but it, it, it's, it simply had to do with the fact that she didn't believe it was a jurisdictional issue and whether or not the claimant could have actually brought the claim in a legitimate way. And it was it had nothing to do with whether or not she actually thought it was uh, legal for uh, Biden to uh, appropriate funds at that level. So there's a very good chance um, uh, this does get blocked by the Supreme Court still, and a federal court has slowed it down. And so this definitely is not passed by a vote or two. It's not what's going on at all. So there's nothing passing here, or else there these appeals you're going to be hearing about uh, are... A, pointless because it'll been passed by Congress. That's the whole point is with these appeals is it hasn't been passed. It's Biden just blanket trying to do vote buying by appropriating funds that he's not by our constitution allegedly supposed to be able to do as far as we can tell. So this has been way tied up. Biden isn't, he's either not aware of this or he's lying. He's either senility or lying and either way it doesn't look great. But it does mean, I guess, that even though it's sort of hilarious that I have to come out, out here and uh, explain it on the show, and I'm opening the show by explaining it. Uh, the interview is pretty wacky all the way through. We got some more clips. Let's keep rolling with cut two, please. Do you support a federal fund for individuals like myself who need to take time off work, obtain child absolutely. care? The answer is absolutely. But absolutely. guess what? We need the same votes we need to overrule that, to uh, reinstate uh, the... Uh, the decision that was struck down by the court. Oh, Dodd. I mean, I do support that. And I've Dodd. urged, publicly urged companies Dodd, Dodd, to Dodd. do that. I've urged them publicly as president of the United States saying, this is what you should be doing. I urge you to do it. In case you are not as quick-witted as, um, I don't know, uh, Alfred Einstein, uh, you might have missed on that one that the Biden was, she was going to ask about abortion, but Biden cut her off. So that he could get in there, something about Dodd. It was the Dobbs decision, not Dodd, and he couldn't remember Roe versus Wade. So he's talking about how he wants more federally funding for abortion tourism, and of course he believes that because uh, he's a very cynical man. There's nothing in Joe Biden's principles or ideology where we need to have this level of obsession with abortion. He's only doing this to pander for votes. There's no way that at 341 years old, he's this obsessed with uh, women being able to terminate every single possible life in the womb with federal funds. 
i.e., your uh, the taxpayer dollars of people he's supposed to um, be representing in the executive branch of, of our government. So, all right, let's see um, uh, how woke Joe can get. Cut three, go. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. Great. So the you can't as a moral issue, not as, even as a legal issue, as a moral issue, uh, you should not be able to block sex reassignment surgery and puberty blockers for kids. Now, this is going to be a big one because the Democrats have now, have now come up with an example. They've come up with a rare case where uh, a rare example occasionally where women, young women, um, might start growing breasts or get their period at a super young age that they might use some puberty blockers. Uh, and we don't have the entire sense of how these play out long term, but they're reasonably confident that in these in rare cases, you can use these and can delay puberty for a little bit and then you can turn it back on. So this is they're going to use this to try to uh, push forward at literal surgeries, which a lot of these facilities are actually owning up to that they're doing the sex reassignment surgeries on minors. And it's happening hundreds or thousands of times a year, it appears, if you can extrapolate out the numbers that we're aware of. So, uh, again, this is where they're going to find any sort of slippery slope possible to make it so that you can sow the utmost level of confusion within our families um, because the stronger the family unit is, the more people are going to vote Republican. And Biden knows this. Every Democrat knows this. So they would like to marry, in, our, in every instance, the uh, marry young human beings to the state. Okay, let's um, go on. Get, man, this is wacky. Cut four, go. So we have to, the industrialized world has to not only clean up our act, but we've got to help these countries do what they need to do without further hurting the environment. And we have to pay them, in my view. We have to compensate them for what they're doing. Uh, This is a, we have to compensate other countries to do what they need to do on climate change. So we are in a blatantly inflationary moment. Um, for those of you who care about such things, I'm scheduled as of now to be on Cudlow show on Fox business with Carney, um, to later today. And I was boning up on the latest economic data and it's just stunning how many indicators are out there that the inflation is going to get worse. The Biden inflation just one after the next, after the next leading economic indicators of pointing to deeper recession and deeper inflation as we've been tracking our Breitbart business digest. And, Still, we're talking about if we could, we want to send more money to other countries because of climate change. When we know the main driver of the inflation, or at least one of the main drivers, is energy costs, and not just here, but in parts of the world that are even woker than we are, deep concern that we've overly depleted our strategic natural, uh, our strategic oil reserves. There's concern that parts of Europe are going to run out of uh, their ability to sustain themselves in terms of energy during a what could be a pretty cold winter. 
And all of this is being passed down to the citizens who are feeling a deeper and deeper squeeze. They're going to have a tougher time on uh, in their lives, not just to make ends meet, but to enjoy themselves and Christmas and Halloween, etc. And we're talking, hey, if I could do it, I would send more money to other countries so they can do what they need to do on climate change. I, I can't, This can't work, can it? Can this work electorally? I know there's a lot of people who feel like climate change is the biggest threat, but uh, aren't there more people at this point who are concerned that after years and years, decades really, of explaining the doomsday clock is ticking and we pass all these milestones where, you know, Manhattan and Malibu should be underwater, but they're not. Martha's Vineyard should be underwater, but it isn't. How many of these milestones do we have to pass before we realize, well, maybe we shouldn't mortgage our entire present and much of our future on this, this theory? It's really just a theory. I'm not even saying we shouldn't try to avoid pollution and try to come up with the most efficient ways to burn, to, to gather energy that we can. We, of course we should. But that's not even what we're doing as has come up over, over on the show. Do what they need to do. Um, he's got one last babbling climate talk that I'll bring up. They'll move on. Cup five. The biggest thing is, though, that we have to change what we are, those things that are affect the environment. We need to change those things that are affect the environment. Whew. He is, he's got his fastball is just, they got to be mowing in there mid to high 90s at this point, right? All right. Um, so this is where Biden's at. So we caught 11 significant gaffes, lies, and goofy statements in just the last 30 days. Starting with saying that his late late son, Bo, died in Iraq, which he didn't stolen valor. Let me start off with two words, made in America. Um, He tried to spell a web address improperly. He spelled D-O-T instead of saying dot. said when he tries trying to say .gov or .com, I think it was .gov, he said D-O-T. He uh, tried to summon Congresswoman Jackie Walorski from the dead. It's, it's spooky season, though, so that makes sense. Heading in towards Halloween. Trying to see if a Congresswoman who had passed away in a car accident a few months ago, whether or not she was in attendance. Um... Wow, he claimed his grandfather was an all-American football player. That wasn't true. Interesting. He claimed he once lost a awful lot of his home in a fire, which never happened. Completely fabricated out of nowhere. He said Hunter did nothing wrong. Oh, that's one of his comments. Uh, so did Jill. Jill over the weekend expressed confidence that uh, Hunter Biden, her stepson, is innocent. Uh, he's not. Just to let you know. Will anyone hold them accountable? We don't know about that. Um, Man, so many. So many. I think we might have even missed a few that I'm thinking of. Wild. He says crazy stuff. But the Democrats really obsessed with the abortion issue. I'll tell you that. Uh, Joy Reid again said the media is gaslighting women voters. Everyone loves that expression. 
be it's going to have to get retired soon. I think being overused. I uh, seeing that abortion is an economic issue. Um, this is where this is uh, similar to what we talked about with um, Stacey Abrams last week. Stacey Abrams is actually running to be a governor of a mostly red state, so a little more concerned than just a talking head on MSNBC. I'm more concerned about her. But this, uh, the solution to inflation and our what's how we're struggling the economy is just to slaughter more of our young in the womb. That's the uh, talking point now with Democrats. I'm just wondering if that can work. The only way it's going to work is if the establishment media and big tech keep insisting that it will work. The biggest threats to democracy right now at this time are big tech and establishment media control of information. And the other one is these oligarchs who are pumping so much money into various causes and races that they can buy votes, essentially. They can even buy entire seats, as was the case with George Gascon out in Los Angeles for district attorney, which has completely destroyed law and order in the city. One fell swoop, which Soros bought that seat. Um, but we were looking at what was trending on Facebook over the, we're going to do this every day, but the last day we did it was Friday. And here are the top stories. Again, we are less than a month out, well less than a month out. We're two and a half weeks out from a, what could be one of the biggest elections of our lifetime. And the top topics are Diwali will be honored as an official holiday in New York City schools. The Festival of Lights, celebrated primarily in South Asian and Caribbean countries. So it's coming in New York City schools. Uh, is a appeals court wants Lindsey Graham to testify in uh, some uh, election probe. Steve Bannon sentencing, which makes sense. That was a that was a hot news story. Allegedly going to jail for four months, though that will get appealed. We'll see what happens. Ooh, landscapers find car buried decades ago in the yard of San Francisco Bay Area home. Uh, wild, but do we really care? And Elon Musk laying off 75% of Twitter's workforce, which I mentioned briefly on the show on Friday, which is, it's kind of fun. That's it. Nothing on the election, nothing on inflation, nothing on energy, nothing on polls, nothing on gas prices. Uh, nothing on the lie that Republicans want to take away the, the, the IUDs for women. No fact checks on that, which we brought up on Friday's broadcast. Um, it just seems like even some of the outrage that was pretty pretty intense on the CDC's uh, recommending coronavirus vaccine for children on their immunity schedule, which has the implications of it are not binding, but still kind of scary. CDC's still pushing this thing on kids. None of that's trending. This nonsense is trending and minutia. In curios, a curio. That's what they like now. Why? Because they're turning the dials down to make sure people don't get the full information about how bad Democrats have been over the last two years. That's a threat to democracy. That's election interference, if you ask me. Even shocking polls like a WIC Insights poll showing that Dr. Oz up by four points in Pennsylvania in the Senate race, which came out on uh, Saturday. Uh, here is some more polls from the coefficient poll organization 
Arizona's governor race, seeing Kerry Lake up four and uh, seeing Blake Masters within two in the Senate race. They're huge, huge polls. Another WIC Insights poll, Michigan governor uh, for the Michigan governor race. Tudor Dixon up by one over Gretchen Whitmer from Saturday. How about Nevada? This is by um, Insider Advantage. Joe Lombardo up by six in that race. Sheriff Joe Lombardo up by six over Steve Sisolak. And Adam Laxall up by two over Catherine Cortez Masto. Both running pretty good campaigns out there. The Trafalgar Group's poll on the Michigan governor race has Tudor Dixon within half a point of Gretchen Whitmer. A race that should have been a done deal, sure thing for Whitmer. Whitmer, probably the most popular Democrat that I thought of on, on the ballot. And apparently that race is deadlocked. At least according to these latest polls. Now, there's one poll that came out over the weekend showing Whitmer way ahead. I don't have that one in front of me. So, But it is still, there's much reason to be excited if you're a Republican in that race. Whitmer would, for many reasons we brought up on the show over and over again, would be a great person to uh, see uh, um, put out to pasture, politically speaking. Um, here is one from the Texas Politics Project showing Governor Abbott up by 11 on uh, Robert Patio O'Rourke, the Irishman. So you know what they have to do? They have to do stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, DeSantis up 12 points over Charlie Crist in Florida. So what they have to do is they have to try to come up with stuff for you to talk about which are trying to, uh, which which tr- serve to undercut Republican candidates in the establishment media, but they sometimes backfire. So Herschel Walker, they've been going around Herschel Walker's past trying to get people to trash talk him. So CNN went to his hometown in trying to hunt down people who will trash talk Herschel Walker. This came up, I think, in our interview with him from last week. And he even found one of his high school teachers. It's the, it's the what are you supposed to get from this? I know I was a... This happened to me when Breitbart was rising, where they went to my high school and they tried to get some teachers to trash talk me. And they couldn't. But I'm not saying if they went back again, if I was running for governor, they couldn't find someone to say something negative. They probably could. And then they did find one of my high school teachers who I liked and liked me, still trash talk Breitbart. They got them to do that. <laughs> um, here is one that's unbelievable. Rick Caruso, who was a longtime Republican running for mayor of Los Angeles. He's running as a Democrat now. But he's, for all intents and purposes, a moderate Republican has caught Congresswoman Karen Bass in a Jay Wallen opinion research poll. Um, LA Magazine, which has a pretty interesting editor who does some stuff that I find somewhat compelling, still makes so many mistakes over and over. And one of them is they put outgoing Mayor Eric Garcetti, who has just left... A, it was like one of those scenes on MSNBC during the during the summer of rage. I'm sorry, the um, summer of love, 2020, with the burning buildings in the background. I mean that that is figuratively speaking what's going on in LA right now in a major way. 
huge resurgence of crime, homelessness, even racial division. I mean, they've got the the city council are making racist comments about each other and they're all Democrats. They can't stop it. And Eric Garcetti on the way out is responsible for so much of it. He's been this terrible mayor and they have him just a beaming on the cover of LA magazine, smiling ear to ear. I mean, it's almost, it's almost a, a sexual photo. It's almost sexual the way they photographed him. And he's going to sail off in the sunset, becoming our ambassador to India. But he can't even get approved yet because he's got some issues even getting approval. So, but if you're a Democrat in LA, you're automatically a hero once you win. It's fun. What do they say about politics? It's like uh, Hollywood for ugly people. All right, uh, Washington Senate race now is on upset alert as uh, we've got the race between Patty Murray, Democrat in Washington, 30-year incumbent, and Republican Tiffany Smiley within the margin of error in the University of Virginia Center for Politics um, uh, analysis by Larry Sabado, who's got his crystal ball, which does miss quite a bit. It's not that crystal, but he's put that one on upset alert. Unbelievable Washington senatorship. That would be amazing. There's a report out out of Pennsylvania that John Fetterman, a.k.a. John Fetterwoman, fought to have his wife appointed the mayor of Braddock. Or I think that was where he was the mayor before, but Giselle Fetterman, or as Biden calls her, Jell, that she would be appointed to that office. Um, which makes sense because she could be the real senator if he goes to Washington. All right, let me roll through a bunch of other headlines. But anyway, the red wave alive and well. A um, bunch of other stuff going on. The Those of you who are political junkies probably tracked the debate for who's going to be the next prime minister of the UK. Boris Johnson cleared out yesterday, even though he had a lot of support. And now it looks like the China-backed globalist Boris Johnson acolyte Rishi Sunak is the main front runner by a mile. He says he wants to be prime minister. He's got, seems like, the most support in Parliament. And with Boris out of the way, it seems like he's he's the guy. And he will not do better than anyone else, unless I'm completely underestimating him. But I've tracked a lot of his behavior during COVID. It was non-inspiring, not leadership. And just seems like a young guy who wants power. And let's see how he does. But there's nothing in his background that suggests we won't get more of the same. Pro-China, pro-EU globalism, and um, will and uh, anti-citizenry. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, a lot of us were tracking online the uh, Congress, the Chinese Communist Party Congress, where Xi Jinping had appointed himself to his a unprecedented third term. He's supposed to be term limited out, but he's made himself emperor for life. So people are suggesting he's now the strongest Chinese political leader since uh, Mao Zedong. And the strongest, not in like doing a good job, strongest is in, has literal power. And an amazing scene that is because we don't have free press, state-run media has showing Hu Jintao, also former president, 79 years old, just being escorted, really manhandled, and escorted on video as Xi Jinping sits there smugly at the at the Congress. 
She gets dragged out, and that's it. Former president just expelled from the proceedings, and no one knows why. So we're seeing some anti-Xi Jinping protests crop up in at least eight Chinese cities. That's kind of cool. Definitely deserves a little more attention. Tough place to protest. Um, But, uh, you know, the Vatican is still cutting deals with China. And it is just noteworthy to keep an eye on all of our ties with them and the West ties with them, which is it's hard to uncouple in a moment of economic strife because so much of the economic prosperity, for better, for worse, and I think way more often for worse, over the last few decades has been to outsourcing so much of uh, globalization and to make things on the cheap, particularly in China. In China, struggling right now because they got their zero COVID policy, which doesn't seem to be going well. We don't have a lot of information on it because of their lack of free press. We do know that their sales of Halloween kitsch to Western countries has collapsed. Now, Christmas spending is roughly flat. We will talk to John Carney about this. I'm sure at some point this week. But the Halloween stuff just seems like that's a place where Americans can cut back, Westerners can cut back. So... Even very close eye on that. All right. So biggest stuff I want to get to before we got to take a take a break is a lot of, um, oh, no, we got so much to do. Oh, my gosh. So much going on. A lot of crime stuff going on out there. I'm going to bring up some of these. I'll try to go fast. New York City, Eric Adams has told commuters to stop being distracted by iPhones and music. On So don't have your headphones in. Don't have your phones on. And to be more aware on uh, subway platforms because we're seeing... Uh, eight people this year getting murdered on the subway alone. It's amazing to think about how much obsession we spent on, you know, unarmed um, uh, people getting killed by police, and how you know we just have years of national discussion, rioting, political activism. I mean, we don't look at these cases case by case. Where of course the vast majority of them are much more complicated than the media would ever let on. And we just think, oh, wow, there's a few of these things happening. So we must, um, you know, change everything we do about everything when it comes to policing. But we've got New York City, eight people murdered on the subway. That's how bad crime's going. And what's our reaction? What are we going to do? The mayor says, take your, air, your AirPods out. Keep your head in a swivel. It's such blatant disrespect for the people of New York City. That instead of, I will do everything I can to make sure there'll be no more crime. You just need to do a really good job of, you know, not looking at your phone. Now, that's good advice anyway. We're all on our phones too much anyway. But, uh, I mean, just the idea that you can't listen to your headphones in New York City subway without feeling safe. All right, here's an amazing one. A janitor has been accused of peeing in water bottles and giving women STDs. This was in Houston, Texas. Janitor urinated in water bottles, gave her an infection. According to court documents, 50-year-old Lucio Diaz, a Mexican national... They were only sending their best. They're not sending their best. Received a $75,000 bond. Oh my gosh, that's disgusting. We laugh so we don't cry. So uh, crime is wild. And uh, it's, I wonder if he was here legally. I don't have that. But he, apparently a woman contracted an STD after he uh, put his, well, you know what, in a water bottle. Who would do that? Who would do such a thing? Another crime item, man shot by off-duty Chicago cop during an attempted carjacking was on bond for a similar case. So an 18-year-old um, 
who was uh, who shot a cop over the weekend. Uh, he had been charged with driving a hijacked car and posted a $9,000 bond in August. Then in September, was charged with being inside of a stolen car, got out on bond, and on Thursday shot an off-duty cop after he tried to carjack uh, the cop. The cop was off-duty. We will, of course, have our data on the final crime and murder totals on Lori Lightfoot Chicago um, later today on Breitbart, as we do every week. A California woman has recalled the alleged rape by a man freed from jail just hours earlier in Torrance, California. Which, is that part of L.A.? Torrance, really, I think it is. Check that out. So that would be on a Garcetti's watch if that's true. No, it's not. It's its, own, it's, own, uh, it's its own city. The mayor is George Chen. So I don't know how much credit Mr. Chen gets. But I will tell you this. that This is part and parcel of that part of the world at this time. So the w- woman gets out. Um, and, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the, the criminal gets out, immediately goes and rapes this person. Allegedly. Severely injured. Lost teeth. Broken bones. Bruises rendered partially blind for nearly a month. And it was all by a person who should have been in jail. If you are kind to the cruel, you are cruel to the kind. Another suspect accused of fatally shooting hospital workers was out on parole. You guys see in the pattern here? Defund the police crowd? This was in Dallas. Methodist Hospital Police arrested a suspect after fatally shooting two hospital workers. This took place Saturday. 30-year-old Nestor Hernandez was on parole for aggravated robbery. He's wearing an ankle monitor. Walked in the hospital, shot some people. Nurse and another employee died from gunshot wounds. Horrific. A Texas elementary school near the border was forced to lock down because an armed cartel member was there fleeing police. We also learned there are 175 illegal aliens, including those who killed Americans, uh, that were arrested over the weekend on a nationwide sting. So trying to round up some illegal aliens, we found some who were killers. A record 2.2 million migrants were apprehended along the southern border during last year. I bring these subjects up back to back because they're related when you have a society that doesn't value law and order, when you have a society that wants to spring criminals from jail, even violent ones, as quick as possible. And once you start, it, it is the opposite of Rudy Giuliani's approach to policing when he, when he was mayor of New York City, where you first you stop people who break windows and jump turnstiles, and then that will class up the joint. It will have a downstream effect. It will it will change the culture. Our culture is open borders. It's cool. Let's import all the people without having any discerning opinion on who's coming in and then um, we're going to have get a bunch of people out of jail and we're going to default to let's get people out of the jails out of the prisons in our cities even if they're violent criminals and we'll sort everything out later once you take that approach how is it going it seems to be going very terribly at this point
Breitbart. I always enjoy when Ken Blackwell is on the broadcast, and he's a friend of Breitbart who helps us on legal issues and from time to time in terms of his expertise and analysis. And he's got a new project that is designed to increase election integrity, and he's got some upbeat news on that front. Some progress has been made, and we get into all that. Plus, we hear exactly uh, what his uh, new effort is with conservative groups to try to protect senior voters in this midterm election. This is Ken Blackwell. And I got a a few things to get to with you, Ken. Thanks so much for joining me again on the show. Um, I want to start with this, these conservative groups who are, have this effort that's ongoing to protect senior voters in midterm elections. And this is something that is a combination of the American Constitutional Rights Union and the and AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, partnering to try to protect seniors who I guess are getting uh, having a harder time this time around for some reason. Can you explain this to me? Alex, it's so good to be with you. Uh, before I go into that, let me just say that I frequently listen to you uh, and you and I share a general uh, framework, a principle framework that's deeply rooted in the Judeo-Christian uh, heritage. Uh, and, um, you know, what you just said it was just so right. Uh, in John 3, we're told that those who would do evil love the darkness. But you and I both know that each and every one of us has been invested with human agency by our, our God and that uh, we have a light. Uh, and the question that is often raised in the Bible is, will you, in fact, put your light under a bushel or will you put it on a candlestick, raise it high and punch holes uh, in the darkness? And so um, what, what we're trying to do as the American Constitutional Rights uh, <clears throat> Union in, in, in league with and in collaboration with the uh, Association of Mature American Citizens is to raise uh, our candlestick uh, in the darkness of this time. You know, there is an effort uh, by those who would corrupt our election system to take advantage of vulnerable voters, uh, most notably those in in nursing homes. And it's been well established wow. that this this is is a. a a, a nest of opportunity for those who would corrupt our system. And so uh, these two organizations uh, have joined forces uh, to make sure uh, that we become a, a line of defense against that sort of corruption of the chain of custody of our citizen ballots uh, that we, in fact, put in place a verification systems that won't let uh, uh, a vulnerable citizen's identity uh, be uh, misused uh, by those who would corrupt our elections. We have an active a voting fraud hotline uh, at uh, yes. 888-820-VOTE. Uh, and we can, we can stay on top of this. 888-820-VOTE. If you're seeing, well, what specifically should they call in on if there is, uh, what are, they, what, what are you well, thinking people could well, observe this, that this, could be a problem? Is, this is any sort of... Uh, if, if, in fact, you're an employee uh, of a nursing home and you see folks voting for uh, citizens who are in one of the, the, the beds in that nursing home, call that hotline. Uh, shine your light in that corner of darkness. And we, in fact, have 
a battery of folks who will, in fact, jump right right on that. You know, if there's a significant red wave and, or if there's a wave election, uh, that, that sort of manipulation might not matter. But, you know, you and I have talked about this before. A lot of uh, races, a lot of elections are determined within what I call the margin of litigation. Yes. And the left has been very, very keen on making sure that they are ready uh, to win in the courts uh, those close elections. And so if they do uh, voter manipulation, can keep a, a, a particular race within the margin of litigation, uh, they think they have an opportunity to, to, to steal it. Uh, and so what we're doing right now is anticipating, while we hope for a wave election, we in fact know that there are races, crucial races across this country, whether in Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, that will in fact be determined uh, within a margin of a litigation within uh, a percentage, a half a percentage point or less. That's why we in fact are working hard to make sure that we rid ourselves of that sort of manipulation so voters once again can have have confidence in the results. You know, you're not going to always win, but you at least want to be able to believe that you lost honestly or that you won honestly. And that's what we're, we're about. Absolutely. And so I would imagine that you're being joined by people left of center, people who might not share our political worldview because I've been told over the last several years that they're the ones who care the most about election integrity. And clearly, if, if uh, anything that you're saying is remotely in the ballpark of true, this would represent a threat to our democracy. So why would uh, so I, I assume they're on your side. Right, Ken? Well, I, I would I would hope so. Look, what's at risk here is our constitutional republic. Uh, those forces that don't care about our constitutional republic, uh, that are not interested in individual liberty, the rule of law, the right to work hard and to dream big, uh, they, in fact, will do anything uh, to not only drive God and faith out of the public square, crush the family, but destroy confidence in our election system because it is our election system uh, where we, in fact, hold those who we elect to govern accountable. And so you yeah. destroy accountability, you destroy confidence, you crush the family, you drag God and faith out of the public square. Guess what, Alex? Then you have what? A dependency on big, big government socialism or other forms of authoritarianism yeah. uh, or totalitarianism. Yeah, and for the record, I was just being a little tongue in cheek because I just I, I know that the the goal of our political counterparts, unfortunately, on the left, is not <laughs> actually to make the elections more have more integrity. They want to have more murky rules so they can exploit them and use. And I'm not saying they're using voting machines to flip votes or they're taking out ballots of you know un, unmarked voter mail. I think it's stuff you're talking about. It's being able to right. is is within the marginal litigation is a perfect way of putting it. Uh, why do you think election integrity is such a big issue this particular cycle, this particular election cycle? Well, because I, I, I think for for 15, 20 years uh, there or 15 to 20 years, there's been uh, a a lessening of confidence in the result of elections. You know, I, I think it's 
fascinating that folks on the radical left talk about those of us who raise questions about the various practices and, and developments in the 2020 elections or election deniers when they have Stacey Abrams in, in Georgia, who has yet to concede that she lost you know, her election for governor the last time around. Uh, you, you, in fact, I, I can go back to 2005 uh, in, in Congress where Barbara Boxer, uh, Stephanie Tubbs-Jones uh, moved to make sure, moved to disqualify the electors from Ohio because they claimed that I stole the election because the Ohio legislature had a law that said that folks must vote in the precinct in which they live and are registered, that, in fact, they must show some proof of identity uh, to, to, for verification purposes. So, you know, there, there has been a back and forth about the, the credibility uh, of elections, and there's been a waning of confidence, uh, and, and I think it crystallized uh, in, in 2020 when you had Trump uh, get almost 12 million more votes than he had gotten in his previous election, uh, and no one who has, no president that has performed like that lost the reelection bid. You, you know, you, you had Biden uh, underperform uh, Obama and, and, and across the, the, the nation and counties, uh, but but still somehow just, you know, beat, beat, beat Trump. So there were a lot of questions. We, we know that there was a relaxation of verification systems uh, and the chain of custody of ballots uh, due to, to due to COVID. And, and Alex, I was just saying to you, you know, the U.S. United States Postal Service will tell you in their annual reports that they have a 3% non-deliverable rate of mail. Why in the world would we, in fact, want to increase our dependency on a mail-in system across this country when we, in fact, have a delivery system that loses 3% of the mail? Well, and you goes know, right, goes right goes right back to what you and I are talking about. You know, sure, and I don't, I don't, I don't of, within the margin of error and right. litigation. Yeah, I, I I don't know what the exact answer is, but I'll tell you what my theory is. My theory is is that people think it's easier to cheat by mail, and I'll tell you that it's the it's such a I typically vote from the polls, even though I work really hard on election days, and it's really um, sometimes it's it's smarter to vote. By mail because then it gives me more flexibility to to take any last minute trips I need to take, um, and I'll say, I like the ritual of going to the polls. It's exciting. It always has been since yeah, I was eighteen oh, years old. And, and hey, why don't we encourage the, the, that? Because it's not the, the, favorable. The the, the the precinct is the neighborhood, uh, and one of the things that we know is that. If, in fact, you have a history of voting on Election Day, not Election Month, you know, what what you have is neighbors working with neighbors. There's a tighter verification process. You know, when you then put photo ID on it, that, that locks it down. That builds confidence that you know, only legal voters are voting. Uh, and, 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 and it eliminates a lot of the vulnerability of the chain of custody. Uh, challenges that uh, these 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 systems have, where where you are, are voting by mail, uh, where you have drop uh, un, unguarded 
uh, drop boxes, etc. You know, and so we at the, you know, Ed Meese, uh, former Attorney General Ed Meese, and I serve on the board of the American Count, uh, Constitutional Rights Union uh, Action Board. Uh, and and as, as a consequence, we've, we've been focusing in on uh, not just uh, nursing homes, but we know that the votes of our military uh, personnel across the globe uh, it's been used. It's been either it's been blocked by the left, or in in fact, it's been lost in a loose system of of of, of uh, chain of custody uh, and and verification uh, procedures. So we 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 are just excited about the force multiplying effect that we have by hooking up with uh, uh, the Association of Mature. American citizens and their millions of, of, of members. We're going to have a lot of eyeballs on this process, you know. So transparency is 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 key to rebuilding the confidence in the election results. Uh, and so uh, again, uh, we we just encourage folks uh, to go to eight 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 two zero vote uh, or go to our the uh, ARC. Uh, ACRU, the ACRU.org uh, web, website, and, and look at what we're, what, we're, what we're doing. And I would just tell you, I'm three quarters of a century old. Uh, Ed Meese is my senior. Uh, uh, but we, we, we're saying we're actively involved. We're, we're, we're reaching out and using platforms uh, to, 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 to energize people. Uh, and we thank you for having this platform and for inviting us on uh, to to talk. I mean, what what folks don't know is that uh, you you just don't have you just don't invite people on uh, to just opine about things that they haven't done thorough research on. Uh, you're 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 not afraid to kick the tires on 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 theories. Uh, but the one thing that we we know is that if, in fact, folks retreat to the sidelines, uh, what the great abolitionist Frederick Douglass once said uh, is so true. Those who are whooped easiest are whooped most often. Right. Such a wise, such a wise comment. Uh, Ken Blackwell again is with me. Hey, Ken, I got a few minutes left and I appreciate all the kind words. You mentioned Ed Meese, who's pretty legendary and he was a Reagan in, in Reagan's cabinet, uh, former attorney general. And uh, what is, you mentioned he's certainly getting up there in years. Why is he so motivated on this issue to get involved at this level? He loves our constitutional Republic. He is a constitutionalist, uh, supreme. Uh, and and he understands that God has given him agency, and he's not a sideline sitter. And every day that God has allowed Ed Meese and his wife Ursula to be on this earth, they have been a team on the front line defending our constitutional republic, human dignity. Uh, and individual liberty. Uh, he's he's a great motivation to, to to me. I'm hoping that when I'm in my 90s, I am as 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 vibrant uh, and as engaged as as, as General Meese is. 
Um, that is, he's in his nineties. Wow. That's amazing. It makes sense, but, uh, still, still very cool. Uh, I want to ask a couple other quick ones. Uh, what, where do you think we've made the most progress on election integrity since the last election? Are there any highlights? Engagement. You know, there are over 3000 counties, uh, uh, tens of thousands of, of, of precincts, uh, whether it, it is, you know, we, 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 at AFPI, uh, Freedom Works, Heritage Action, Honest Election Project. Uh, 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 yeah, again, uh, we in fact have engaged uh, with folks across this. So I, I'm, I'm also an advisor to the Family Research uh, uh, FRC Action, uh, and uh, what we what we know it go right back to it that if you destroy the family, if you, if you chase God and faith out of the public square, you, you set the context for the rise of authoritarianism, totalitarianism, or big government socialism. Uh, and so if you wanna know what has happened since the 2020 election, is that more people are engaged uh, no people, uh, more people are being unafraid to 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 challenge this attack on our constitutional uh, re- republic. We still have a lot of work to do. There are still precincts that that are not adequately covered, uh, and so we continue to work. Alex, we're going to run through the tape. You know what I tell uh, folks across these organizations. Uh, and I, I'm blessed to chair the Conservative Action Project, which sort of unites these national uh, and state groups uh, in conversation. I tell them all the time, you know, there are no intermissions in this battle. No intermissions. Ken, give out those plugs again where people want to need to call in or go online if they want to get involved. You, you, you can go to 888 zero vote that's our voting fraud hotline or you can go to the acru.org very cool ken blackwell always appreciate it and uh, come back anytime love you brother take it easy That is today's broadcast. Our producers are Zach Jones and Greg Evan. They do a great job. And Robert Marlowe helps me pick topics. And all of you who went to MySonHunter.com, watched My Son Hunter over the weekend or picked up the DVD, can't thank you enough. And going to Breitbart.com all day, every day in the home stretch for this election season. Exciting stuff. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh,